Hello. Today's episode is a conversation with a friend of mine who just released an album. His name is Shiwe Carrasco Wu, and his band is Red Eye to Tokyo, and their album is called Friends I've Just Met. You can get your copy now by supporting him on his GoFundMe, and it will be available in January, streaming on Spotify and other streaming services. As you can see, I already got my copy, so go and get yours. Also, before we begin, if you could remember to hit that like button, leave a comment, and subscribe below. And if you like my content generally, please consider visiting my Patreon page. Welcome to Music in Mind. So, Anthony has gone bionic now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not sure you have talked about what happened to you yet. No, I haven't talked about it. I don't know if everybody can see it. But yeah. yeah. Um, I thought... My hand. <laughs> it's so tough being a musician and then you're worried about your health at the same time. I felt... Um, I know we're supposed to talk about something else, but I just jump into this that's, weird yeah, segue. Okay. Um, I don't know about you, but I remember... Health always has been one of those things like has never been talked about in my lessons mm, when I was yeah, like um, trying to become a good bassoonist mm-hmm. a whole life long time ago when I was prepping for college audition and shit like that. Yeah, um, I remember I always get super sick around this time, and January is the yeah. audition time for every right. single orchestra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And this is of course the time where like you catch the latest code in your fashion. So, and then this is also the time we start doing a lot of our pet, uh, band parades and yep. then we do our, um, what do you call, field shows during this time. Sure. So, so, of course, this is the time I get super sick. Right. And of course. January, late, mid-January, late February, uh, early February is all the college auditions. Yeah. And I just remember I get super, I, I have a coughing fit. I lose my voice because mm-hmm. I'm playing the bassoon. has so much back pressure. And then my arm, I would get... Actually, not my so much my arm. Arm is new. This is like a new thing. Are you having problems with your arm? I'm having like a sort of weird tendonitis thing that gets all the way down to my arm. Oh, wow. And then From Shakuhachi? No, from Taiko. Oh, okay. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. You're, you're tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, it's not Taiko. It's actually a lot has to do with my playing technique. It might just because I'm a bad player. So I just what? wanted to throw it out there. So like, if you're thinking about doing Taiko, you're like, I'm not going to do it because you're going to get like effed up like this. It most likely has to do with my Does it you keep your forearms tight when you play or something? Uh, I keep my forearm tight. And also uh-huh. I, I, so Taiko, there's a philosophy, a, a thought where like you have to keep this completely straight. Like this is like extension. So it has to be keep your forearm. almost not yeah. moving. So when you hit, it hits very true into the drum right and then gets a really nice sound mm-hmm. and then it has that and and another thing about taiko as compared to western drumming um is that you're not supposed to let the let go of the whiplash you're supposed to keep it in so like when you hit there's that what do you call that like a bounce like back a bounce back yeah right you're, instead of like lifting it you're supposed to keep it in so that the drum has a really true sound Again, this is one of ah, the okay. many different... I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So okay. this is one of many different um, interpretations on taiko playing. You ask anybody, there's, you ask 100 people, you can get 100 different interpretations on that. So, But that's just the school of thought I was raising. But either way, prepping for my show, yeah. um, I now have this terrible tendonitis. Yeah. But Anthony, on the other hand... I just, I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I felt so bad for him. Oh, my hand? Yeah. What happened? What? What happened? I, I hit something. Oh. Yeah. And it doesn't suck? Like, something you have to cancel gigs and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to cancel all my gigs. I'm sorry. I'm no, that's fine. Okay. Um, anyway, so you're talking about prepping for your show. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so you, you've, you've been having these arm problems, but what was your show? Oh. So... I'm in a band called Red Eye to Tokyo. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Red Eye to Tokyo. Red Eye to Tokyo. If you're watching, there'll be hashtags all over the place. All over the place, just yeah. jumping across oh, yeah, over my yeah. face. If you're just listening, look up Red Eye to Tokyo. Yeah, Red Eye to Tokyo. The two is number two. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, so hashtag RE2T, guys. Um, anyway, uh, so 
We did this show together, Ashley. I had a my first album release party in my whole damn career. Um, as short as this. It was um, awesome. So many people came. Oh my it god. It was a huge success. Holy moly. Like, holy shit. I can't believe like how many people were over there. Yeah, you're popular. <laughs> I don't know. There's a whole thing about promotion that we can totally get into that I probably don't think we have time. But, okay. Uh, but maybe we might get into it. But in short, um, the promotion was hard, man. Okay. It was really tough. So, um, I don't know about how many of you guys listen to this are like well-established people because... Um, I don't know about you, Anthony, but I have a lot of like imposter syndrome. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like a popular I think everybody thing. has it. Yeah, I think Gwyneth Paltrow has it. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I always assume everybody can kind of has it figured out about like how to promote themselves and how to get gigs, and then I, I just assume they all they all do. Like you listeners and your friends and and uh, Coldplay. Yeah. I don't know why that keeps popping in my head these days. Um, um, has it really figured out? So I had to learn all these from scratch. So what's my point here? I had a show and right. I decided to do at a brewery because um, it's a um, venue that I thought would be kind of cool because I yeah. did not want to do it. Casual. Yeah, I did not yeah. want to do it at a concert hall. Yeah, it's more fun. It's way more fun. There's something about that, it's not Leibniz test, it's sort of like a graph, and imagine the XY graph. Yeah. The coolness of the venue and the quality of sound. You can mm. only have, you only it, can. It, what, what, it's, it's like that thing, it's like cheap, fast, high quality. High quality, yeah, 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 yeah. you only can have two, right? Yeah. Like, if you want fast and then, ch- you, can, you want fast and quality, it won't be cheap. Right. Yeah. So won't. a cool venue, good sound. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, to be honest, like, I I really love the vibe. Yeah. I think people go there for the vibe. Yeah. But the sound was very garagey. Like it's. it's... Oh, you mean the sound of the space? Mm-hmm. Well, because like we set up our own sound system. Yeah, we did. This it sounded was... fine. I thought it sounded you good. Thought, you think yeah, it sounded yeah. fine? I thought it sounded a little garagey. Hmm. Yeah. Because. Do you, do you have a recording of it? Uh, just on my phone. Oh, okay. There's okay. one track that we recorded it, um, uh, which is Friends I've Just Met. So look out for the video that's coming out in spring. Uh, oh. Mm-hmm. Um, the titular track on the album. <gasps> I learned it. That's like... What does that mean? It, it, I think that's like 100 points on Scrabble, I hope. Oh, okay. Because the album title is Friends I Just Met, and the title track, Friends I Just Met. Okay, yeah. cool. So underwhelming. No, 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 it's great. Sorry, I'm doing, I'm doing a bad job here of being like, oh shit, yeah, oh shit, yeah, Um, yeah. So it's on Spotify now. It's on. Well, it will be on Spotify in January. It's not there yet. Right now, I'm still. You can order it. Exactly, you can order it. I'm currently still doing the um, the GoFundMe phase, which Uh is a whole other thing that's like very humbling and and um, and I still don't understand it. Like I just I did it and. I made to fifty percent on my goal. Nice. But honestly, I still don't understand it. What do you mean? Okay, so it's kind of intersect, right? We'll go back to the show later. But like, when you're doing GoFundMe, it's yeah. like you get so you're in a band. Usually, in a band, there's one or two people who are like really, really in it. Yeah, right? that makes who, sense. Who's yeah. like not just thinking of themselves as a side man? Okay, I am not. Okay. Disclaimer, I'm not shitting on rest of the band ever. It's totally understandable. Most other people are busy working, hardworking sideman in multiple projects. Right. So they need to, really, they only have limited amount of um, ask from all their projects. If they start doing ask on all the projects, it would be endless, especially the people I'm working with. They're all like super hardworking and popular mm-hmm. um, people that are playing in Los Angeles or gigging, right? Yeah. So... I totally understand. And they all have their own like very special project that they themselves really had to promote. Yeah. So I get it. So essentially it comes down to really myself to mm-hmm. do most of the ask. Right. In terms of the social media and yeah. um, the GoFundMe page. Yeah. So if any of you has done it, it's on on streets kinda sucks. Like it's it's hard. It's hard. Like you you have like the close 
couple of people who like totally understand. Right. Like they know mm-hmm. what you're going through and they know how hard it is to make an album. Yeah. So there's your close friends who and they're usually okay well off. Like they will have like nine to five job or right. Yeah. Retire with pretty good pretty good income. So they would donate like a good amount and thank you so much for those of you who did. Um they would donate a pretty good amount. Yeah. Um but and then you start reaching out, it grows into thinner like stratospheres. Yeah. Yeah. So and then you start reaching out to your friends who are very supportive, but economically it's a little harder, right? Of so course. Yeah. It just start reaching out thinner and thinner, and it's eventually like a pebble in the stream, the ripple stops. Yep. And then there's. Uh, yeah, that's a good metaphor. That, right. It really works. It, yeah, it yeah. really ripples and stops. Like yep. toward, towards the end, you get. There's nothing wrong with them. I, again, I'm I'm seeing with all the love in the world, but just the honest truth is that at the end you get a couple fifteen dollars and yep. twenty dollars, and then and then you're very grateful for them. Thank you so much. Uh, but that's it. Yeah, this is why you need fans. <laughs> fans more than friends. Fans more than friends. I I I love my friends. And again, like you were saying, how many people were at the show? Yeah. Um, I think ten of them are like long time friends uh-huh. 15 of them are like close community and they well, add up to like 75 yeah. percent of show and they're all really amazing supportive family yep. between my husband and i mm-hmm. you know they, they came and showed the show even though i'm sure the music isn't to older you know their own flavor i don't know no i, I think everybody would have loved it I think it's really good music. It's hard. Everybody loved it, man. It's hard yeah. for me to kind of describe this music to the world. Like, I'm currently writing... Um, oh my god, this jumped so quickly. But yeah. either way, I'm currently writing the the press release for it. Yeah. And it's so You don't hard. know how to describe it? I don't know quite how to describe it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, how would you describe it? So, so for anybody listening who doesn't know what it is, what it is, so go check out the album. Yeah, you can buy one through GoFundMe. But how are you gonna pitch it? How are you gonna get them to go? So yeah. to kind of like? is it like death metal? <laughs> mostly, it's it's mostly death metal, man. Yeah, yeah. But like a little bit um, bluegrass in there, <laughs> nice. bluegrass death metal. I think that exists. But jingle, but it's also a jingle. Okay. Yeah. No, this is <laughs> the word. Um, the way I have been describing it to people, and then sort of like as an elevator pitch, yeah. is that I call it as a um, a adventurous five piece um, ensemble that plays borderless music. Borderless music. Yeah, ah, that's nice. I like that. Because I used to pitch it as like, I used to pitch it as a Japanese jazz fusion, uh-huh. and then nobody buys it. Right. Borderless. I like borderless. Does. What do you think of the designation like cross-cultural and things like that? God, that's so heavy, man. It's like it's, it's a little it's a little sterile or something. Yeah, it's like yeah. crossing from what to what, and then then when I hear cross-cultural, the next thing you know, in my head is just like a terrible like East Asian sound um, synthesizer on oh, really? top of like a nice pad, you know, like Kitan- uh, Kitaro. Okay. Do you know? Do you know that that uh, Japanese composer? Check out Kitaro. He he's like one like the forefather of like a Japanese fusion music that's like sort of new agey. Okay, cool. And Maybe I'll put a link in the, in, in a yeah, shit yeah. ton of synth pads. <laughs> and then I cool. I never fond of that kind of particular sound. I'm uh-huh. just honest truth. I just that's not the sound I've been very fond of. But that's what you think of when you hear cross culture. Yeah, and so, it, I always think of something like. They don't want to say world music because that's not fashionable anymore as Dude, a term or something like world that. World music is so heavy, man. Because yeah. for the longest time, if you look up, go to Borders Cafe, right? I don't think they really well, exist, Oh, the you know, bookstore? The bookstore, oh, yeah. right? So Borders, book. if you go into world, right? Yeah. So you're going to get mostly like music from Africa. Mm-hmm. East Africa, uh, West Africa, right? Yeah, yeah, West, yeah. West Africa music, yeah. And there'll be occasionally a couple like tango music in yeah. there, but they should be really in Latin, sure. And, and even that's like somewhat, I think, misunderstood as a label. I don't know much about tango music, well, it's just but such broad labels, yeah. Yeah, so you go into world music, you're not gonna find much East Asian music yeah. at all, it's almost like non existent, right? But if you hear cross cultural, I start to think Silk Road Ensemble and things like that. So do you think it's like Silk Road Ensemble? Uh, I think that it isn't just like Silk Road Ensemble, but I think that there are obvious ties. Yeah. 
I mean, you're even playing some music from uh, what Shane Shanahan, right? Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shane Shanahan's the, the percussionist from Silk Road. Yeah, and yeah. I did one piece, Hero, which he actually wrote for Ko, my teacher. Ah, okay. He wrote for Ko. Ko and... Kojiro Umezaki, right? Yeah. yeah. Kojiro Umezaki. Yeah. We're looking at you, Ko. Yeah. Okay. Link below. <laughs> he happens to be both of our mentor at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but um, it, it has a lot of references to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like to think it's like a hipper version. Hipper? Yeah. Hipper. Well, you're younger. <laughs> don't we, we can't start that war, man. We can start no. this like geriatric you, you music don't, versus youthful music. You don't subscribe music. to like don't trust anyone over 30? Oh, man. I just turned 30, by the way. Yeah. So I'm on the cusp uh -oh. of becoming untrustworthy. Yeah, I think you are untrustworthy. I think so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I am. Yeah. Wait, how old are you, Anthony? 30. Yeah, I also I went over the edge. You went over the edge. In the gay world, we're considered like not dateable. We're invisible now, actually. Wait, really? If, if we're in the gay world, yeah. Oh, this this conversation just went. Why? Totally I had no idea. Way. Yeah, like you become invisible once you turn thirty. Yeah, it's a whole thing. That's too bad. Yeah, it is. Go <laughs> away. Um, so, like he was saying, a lot of this project was inspired by Silk Road because happened to be. D project I grew up listening when I was in high school yeah right and then um, I, I talked about this ex extensively in the show mm -hmm. um, two things I was paying tribute to was first to my um, taiko teacher who has passed um, mm -hmm. two years ago from um, a very rare form of leukemia that you only can get um, from being scions and descendants of people who survived through Hiroshima A-bomb wow yeah okay so it's uh it's it's a very heavy thing. Like imagine like you never lived through it, but yet your DNA carry trauma, right? Yeah. They they literally talk about like your DNA has been forever changed to carry a specific type of trauma. Mm -hmm. I mean, I find that super fascinating and um, very heavy and yeah. um, yet inspiring at the same time. It like makes me sure. think a lot about um, what is. Um, lineage what is yeah. life and mm -hmm. what is um, things that make you who you, who you are yeah like it's it's the resonance just so much deeper sounding and then the other person I really want to pay tribute to is, is actually Ko Ko, mm -hmm. Kojo Umezaki because um, he was my shakachi teacher and then I he happened to be one of my uh, music heroes when I was growing up yeah. in high school because I never know that music can be so fun did you know him in high school no but I okay. saw a video of him playing oh wow okay um in uh, it's the first video I ever saw him play and I just saw like holy smokes like this guy could play and holy smokes like <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> chamber yeah, music can yeah. be that fun yeah right so it was um them playing at the armory in New York Okay. And they were doing... Um, this is Silk Road? Silk Road. Yeah. Yeah. And it was insane. Like, they were all having, like, like a lot of fun. They were all dancing while they are yeah. playing. Like, I never thought you could play music like that. And then, uh, you know, with the advent of YouTube and, and mm -hmm. all that was coming out. So it was like, oh, my gosh. Why am I doing this? Like, why am I doing, like... Like Haydn, like there's nothing wrong with Haydn, but like it doesn't, it doesn't bring the same sort of visceral joy yeah. that I want to get out of music. Yeah. So that's why I started studying Taiko and uh, eventually Shagachi because um, there's so much visceralness to it. Yeah. And then I always keep on nonstop moving while playing um, bassoon anyway. Like the one, the critique I always get is like, you need to stop moving. You do the circles? I did the circles. <laughs> I did the circles. Yeah. Need circles. Anyway, <laughs> that's good. Not, not again. I'm not saying either tradition is bad, but for me personally, um, playing music is about able to move. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I think that there are unfortunate aspects of certain ways that classical music traditions are upheld today. Yeah. Um, I don't think the music's bad. No. But like when you go to competition recitals and stuff when you have all these 16 year olds and they're working on these Mozart sonatas and Clementis and it's just there's no fun in it no. it's just it's all this judging can they do these specific things in this specific way and it just seems like it seems like everything that music isn't yeah to me yeah um 
Like, why shouldn't a Mozart sonata be awesome? Why shouldn't it be fun and make you dance and tap your toes and make you happy or make you sad? See, for me, that's the thing that um, that I think it's going to be debated throughout the ages. It's just yeah. never going to end because um, we, you and I yeah. have both very eclectic um, training. And yeah. I think most musicians we met in L.A. are kind of like that. I they, think so, yeah. They have a hybrid of both... Um, um, classical music training and let's throw the word non-western <laughs> oh yeah yeah Let, let's think about how many different ways we can say it yeah, we can yeah. say it right like yeah. cross-culture non-western yeah. yeah so so also a non-western training right yeah so my 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 feeling is i i'm so it's it's interesting you said that because um thinking back relating to prepping for the show my husband was observing the fact that every single time I do a show like that, mm-hmm. I go crazy. I go, I run through the show almost yeah. the whole week. Yeah. From top to the end. Mm-hmm. Almost twice a day. Wow. Actually, for that album, for this album release, I didn't do that much because there's so many different parts. Sure. So I decided this time where I just do sections. I just, I picked the hardest section. But I think your performance was really solid. I mean, it was clear that you'd worked really hard on it. It, that that's the thing right when yeah. you're the band leader yeah you aside from parsing the time to do the promotion video yeah. editing t-shirt printing album printing and yeah. blah 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 all that stuff which take up 85 percent of the time and you came to realize like holy shit i need to find time for me to practice and really yeah. work on the music so i made sure i carve out a lot of time to prep yeah and also do it in um in in more what a piece you know, piecemeal mm-hmm. practice section. But anyway, and he was, my husband was like, you know, you need to save some for the stage. And I, was, yeah. and I told and I told him, like, no, you don't get it. Like, for me, is that when I'm on the stage, I can forget myself, yet my body can just do it. Right. So, I guess my whole argument is that, like, there is, there is creativity and freedom from mechanical practice. Oh, of course. Uh, because if you don't have mechanical freedom, you're going to be stuck on stage. Yeah, right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and it's so hard to make sure you do that, but as well as remembering what your ultimate goal is. Right. Right. It, with, with the competitions, my, my problem isn't that they spend time working on mechanical mastery. Mm-hmm. My problem is I don't understand what the purpose of the competition is. I don't know either. I, I honestly, I, I don't know. Like, if, you are, if you're working on scales for three years straight just uh-huh. to try and make your fingers be as fast as humanly possible, yeah. and then you get on stage and you can just blaze up and down and you're free, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. But if you are, I don't know, I just don't understand what the purpose of trying to play a Mozart sonata better than anybody else plays it. And it- is there really like a better? Well, exactly, and 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 right? what are what is really, what's the criteria for better? I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's any freedom or fun or life in yeah, the whole thing. It, exactly, and I. It think, seems like a te- like a math test. Exactly, I think what what it is it's coming down to is like how it's being seen, right? Yeah. So there's so this is like an age old thing too, but like the observer versus the the participant, right? Right. So the observer from the outside, which is wanting to have quantitative data, so they want to see oh, points, you know, because but how- I don't understand who wants to see that either. Like if you go to a concert, don't you want to hear the performer really engaging in? emotionally in the music and then you'll feel it too oh for sure i mean that's i, how... I don't want to sit there and go like oh they got that note wrong yeah oh, they got that note wrong that's not fun <laughs> or like ooh, i wouldn't have played that like that i want to be in it yeah i don't want to be outside of it judging it yeah 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 yeah. for sure so that's that's for like the what you call a um a tunative listening right but i am thinking about like um like amazing helicopter parents who like want to see <laughs> Yeah, how much money they put in and how much is coming out of it, and then they're given yeah. a quant- I, mean, I get it. Yeah, to a, a quantitative point, yeah. data, sure. right? So, um, again, what's the goal? What's the mean? Who's the yeah. audience? That yeah, whole yeah, uh, terrible thing. But I used to teach, and then I totally understand it's not fun, and mm. um, I am. I I used to feel kind of 
sad that my parents never put me through like a Yamaha piano program or anything like that. Yeah. I learned all that by myself. I picked it up yeah. from my sister's book. Right. And she taught me a little bit. Um, so you wanted someone to crack the whip. Yeah. Yeah. But as I get older, that, that became, I'm totally okay. I'm so happy they didn't. Yeah. Because I think I enjoy music so much more. Yeah. I mean, there's things it does. Like, I wish I had more fluidity on piano. I'm yeah. just not. It's right. not. It's never my main instrument. I, I compose on it, yeah. but it's not my main instrument. I just, I can't. can't but, like, I hear you getting better at shakuhachi. Oh. Even over the time that we've played together. So, like, a year, a year and a half. Well, you've not even been playing it for five years, at most. Wow. Yeah, I mean, but this is the thing. is I, I hear improvement even in the time we've been playing together. So, it's not like you need... Well, I think, the, right, this the, passion. The, the harsh teacher. Yeah, like, if you, you need the interest, it. You need to be searching, trying for something. Yeah, yeah, and then also, and here's the thing where my Western classical music training really helped me, and it's like, I learned how to set goals, and I know what I'm looking for, and then I create intention in my playing. Yeah, and then, that's hard. Yeah, so, like, it's you, really hard. you know what you want to sound like, yeah. and... I can imagine who I'm embodying when I'm playing. Mm -hmm. So that's one one amazing thing that I sort of like the East West sort of like learning is that in again precaution. This is just the way I was taught, and this uh -huh. is what I I have filtered do. I do not speak for all the Taiko community. When I play Taiko, I imagine myself as my teacher, and then I don't just have one teacher. I have multiple teachers. So I imagine how they would do certain hit and what their solution to certain movement problem. Mm -hmm. Because each movement, each stroke, moving to the next, has its own set of rules. Yeah. And then to, for you to create different hits. And each of that comes from a certain set of training that each teacher has received. So I learn through them by watching them, working with them, playing with them. So I learn through embodiment. Right. And for me... That's a one of the pinnacle of the non-Western training I got was this very senpai kohai known as like your your teacher, deshi, your your teacher student uh, mm -hmm. relationship. Right. At that master apprentice, there you go. Sure. That master apprentice mm -hmm. process, which is copying, right? So yeah. I was able to relate through embodiment, right? Uh, I don't know how much that's in Western music, but from from taiko. And shakuhachi, it's very pronounced for me. Yeah, like that to me is like I'm I'm very, um, what do you call that? Um, actively seeking a man a mindset where I am in one with my understanding of what my teacher does. Mm -hmm. Like even when I play shakuhachi, sometimes like I, I imagine what Ko would do. Sure. In certain sections, right? Yeah. And it's really helpful for me to navigate like how to do a certain phrasing and how to navigate um how much to move during certain sure. places yeah either way um so I, again like i think pedagogy wise right yeah. i think both have such a helpful way of the developing idea mm -hmm. um and i don't know about guitar like that's the thing i don't almost know nothing about guitar it's i know that it classical guitar is super hard because you're doing multiple voices and then sure. it's a very skill building and then there is also like you do a lot of Spanish guitar work. Is that is that even the proper term? For uh, I mean, I don't know. There's there's like I play a lot of Spanish classical guitar pieces. Mm. Um, I'm not a flamenco guitar player. Okay. I wish I was. That's a whole other. Yeah, yeah. It's a. I took a couple lessons in uh, Amsterdam once. What in Amsterdam? It's a funny, yeah, funny place. <laughs> the 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 conservatory there. They have an awesome flamenco teacher. Dude, yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, but uh, it's really hard, and I don't know how to do it. Do you have to get high before you take lessons with them in Amsterdam? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's really weird. Like the the cycles in flamenco are interesting because it it's all based on 12, 12 beat cycles, but you never start on one. Oh really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. See, I. I I now I'm gonna go back and listen and then have a more informed listening experience. Yeah, I mean it's cool. I I really like listening, uh, l learning about different rhythmic cycles, like things like claves and different types of claves from different uh... from different parts of Latin America yeah. because they all have different solutions on how to make clave interesting. Exactly, and like and learning how to shift a clave. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I heard that once. 
being done live by one of the professors at UCI. So both of us had strong ties to UCI because we went to the program. You, yeah, you, you, UC Irvine, you, University of California, oh, yeah, Irvine, Irvine, <laughs> Irvine yeah. campus. Um, so if you if you guys follow this this um, podcast, you know yeah. both of us went to this program called ICIT, and one of the professors that teaches over there is Dr. Bobby Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. He's an out of the world like I think he's like one of the founding fathers of like Latin orchestra being done in Los Angeles, like the Los Angeles Latin flair. jazz. Latin jazz, yeah, yeah. yeah he's like the guy, right? Yeah. So many of tunes like he wrote is like played in radio regularly, mm-hmm. like um, they're just so famous. Um, that East LA vibe and yeah. flair that he has. So he actually did a demonstration of like clavier rhythm, mm. and he taught this, the audience how to shift it in yeah. the middle, and it was insane because till this day I have no idea. How to do it. Oh really? <laughs> like, because I'm not I'm not I'm not from that tradition. Interesting. I'm not a clavier kind of guy. Yeah. Like ta- Taiko is very take it take it take it take very even. At least the the version I know are very even. Right, but clavier is alternate on and off. Yeah, right. and I thought it was like super cool. Yeah. So like he taught the audience how to clap the clavier and shift it over. Yeah. And then they did it together. <laughs> I was like, great. man, that was like voodoo magic. Like it was. It's it was... it's one of my favorite things to do as a rhythm exercise. Oh really? Going through like a one bar clave, got 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 got, and then shifting it by a sixteenth note, got 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 got. Yeah, and then shift it again and do all eight possible versions of it. What? I think I need to take a lesson with Anthony Hawkins <laughs> over here. Um, yeah. yeah, so that that anyway has been something. Sidetrack. Yeah. Okay. okay, so back to the show. Back to the show. <laughs> yeah. So so you had an album release. An album release. An album release party, and your album is available to purchase. You can order it now, right? You, you can order it um, currently through my uh, GoFundMe page, which is uh, GoFundMe um, forward slash uh, Red Eye to Tokyo, and you can get a copy of the album to your donation. Nice. Um, what else? Can you get a shirt? You can get a shirt. You can get a a wonderful sticker that we have made. Stickers are cool. On it, stickers are super cool. You can put it on your Macintosh right Yeah, here. cover up the cover stupid up apple. The apple, right? Yeah. And then um, we also have posters, signed posters cool. as well. That's limited edition. That's designed by. Um, it looks more like this. It's designed by uh, Christopher Bicknell, who's an amazing magical designer based in L.A. Is that? Shannon? Shannon's husband. Oh, okay. That's cool. right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the owner and CEO operator of dig- Absurd Digital Imagery. Cool. You can check out his work. He does a lot of work with like film festivals and stuff like that. Um, but start to talk a little bit about the music and, and, and what we played and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so uh, those of you who have never heard the album before, you can actually, there's a single out on... Um, on Spotify, uh, Spotify yeah. right now. You can listen for free. And it's called Dodge the Dodo. It's a cover uh, from one of my favorite bands, uh, Esbjorn Trio Project. Uh, he, those of you who never heard of him before, have you heard of him before? I EST don't, Trio? I don't think so. Um, so it's like a guy from... I heard you play it. Yeah, I heard yeah. you hear me play it. <laughs> um, so he's a very, he's an amazing jazz pianist, but what he does is he brings in a lot of pop into jazz. Okay. Um, so, um, and he, he does this really cool modal kind of jazz thing that I thought works really, really well on Japanese instruments. Right. And that's sort of like where the gateway is for me. And also my understanding of jazz is right. that there's, there's is this modal freedom mm-hmm. that is so um, pre-Western classical music, which is... Sure. Um, what do you call it? That's not modal. It's, um, when it's not modal, it, it, it tonal? is... Tonal? Diatonic? Diatonic, yeah, yeah. right? So diatonic is about the, the establishment of the predominance and the dominance and then tonic. Right. Yeah. Right, so you do predominant, dominance, tonic, and you obfuscate it in how many ways you like. Right, this is the pinnacle of Western classical music. Like even, right. but modal's less triadic. Yeah, it's more gravitational. Yeah, right? modal. It's about triadic. It 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 always sounds a bit more uh, ancient. Like that's sure. the way I I would like to put it to people who doesn't r- really understand 
music again i feel that musicologists would totally attack me right now for what i'm saying <laughs> well a lot a lot of music even a lot of modern music's modal yeah, yeah. but so modal music to me it always has a more um folksy as sure. well as i um more ancient sounding to me it just yeah. always sounds a bit, a bit cool it's really cool to me. Yeah. But so with cool the, for sure. With the Japanese flute, flat sevens and all flat that. Flat sevens and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, the Japanese instruments I have, they're all very, uh, they're very diatonic. They're yeah. not chromatic. They're very hard to do chromatic music. Right. Like I can't do E and E flat very easily. Yeah. They're gonna come you up. You have to bend it or something. I have to bend the pitch yeah. because um, chakachi is a. Um, a, a, what do you call it, pentatonic yeah. instrument essentially so to find the coloring between the notes they're all just shades yeah. um, so um, because of the limitation of the instruments I was listening and finding sources that are based around diatonic uh, that, that based around modal music uh, so a lot of my music that I've written in the album is, is modal mm -hmm. and, 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 and it's so funny when you gravitate towards that and understand the mechanic of what your band could do yeah suddenly all these world kind of open up mm -hmm. like suddenly the album has hindustani music influences and then it has okinawan influences from its island in southern japan right right which has its own very distinct mm -hmm. type of music and i also have one piece um the titular piece of friends i just met it's essentially an arabian jazz piece okay yeah and then um cool. There's, there's also like there isn't really just one thing, so that's why it can't be called Japanese fusion because I don't. It's actually, not all Japanese. It actually doesn't have a single Japanese folk song in the piece. Right. Except I, I quoted like a Japanese rhythm on the taiko one of the piece I did. Yeah. Um, and um, that's it. The rest of the the rest of the album is actually you know, coming from different parts of the world. And, yeah. You know, different kind of influences and stuff like that yeah and you have a western keyboard western bass mm -hmm. yep and a drum set drum set yeah yeah drum set and taiko duo that we did like a drum set and taiko sort of like battle in between <laughs> other you know the yeah. band, which I, I i thought that was one of the selling point of the concert actually it was a great concert the whole thing was awesome get the cd get the cd yes get the cd it's great to. um yeah. So wait, hang on. So what? What are you calling it? How are you designating? You used a word. Uh, it wasn't cross-cultural. It wasn't. It's borderless. Music. Borderless music. Okay. Oh God. Borderless. Cool. I, I. I. It's so weird. Again, like I don't. I just don't find it. Like it's. It's. It feels funny. Like borderless. It feels very like. Uh, like I should wear like a funny mustache and then like super history. Like I play borderless music, man. On the side. <laughs> well, of my don't don't say toast. it like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's really cool, man. Like, I'm what about cool. borderless and then something else? Borderless hip hop. Hip hop. <laughs> yeah, with the Yamaha keyboard. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what this is too. So you're also doing a, a podcast mini series. Oh, that's right. To promote right. it, right? So. Exciting announcement over here. Uh, uh, cue the music. Make sure you do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'm going to be collaborating with Anthony Coggins over here. <laughs> We're going to be doing a companion podcast uh, with a working title called uh, Riding on the Red Eye to Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it better called Flying on the Red Eye to Tokyo? Sure. Yeah. Maybe. We'll call it red, Flying on Red Eye to Tokyo. Yeah. And then it's going to be a short podcast mini-series. Yeah. Um, each episode is going to be around um, like 20 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. And they're going to focus on one aspect of the album and on one of the tracks. Yeah. We're going to have guests. Uh, the album producer, Joe Mankey, is going to join us when one of the tracks. Awesome. As well as each member of the quintet. You can meet them all. Uh, Ryan Ross on bass, Peter Buck on drums, Danny... Andres on keyboard, <laughs> uh, and as well as our favorite red hair, Chamisen swing badass Mike Penny is going to be oh, joining yeah. us. Um, yeah, how was his shredding on it that Chamisen? Have you ever heard anybody playing like a Japanese lute to do like seventh? 
It was awesome. Like he just drops the five. Also, and... his pick is crazy. Oh my god! Yeah. That if you guys never seen a Tsugaru Shamisen before, which is the the Japanese banjo that he plays, it's this big, like almost like a paint scraper. Yeah, his pick looks like a, a square paint scraper. Yeah, yeah. it's like a yeah. like a square paint yeah. scraper. And then what they do is that they really dig into that instrument. So the skin head is a drum head. Yeah. So that when they play it, it has this very Percussive, Fuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound, it's out of the world. It's awesome. And then his solo, holy shit! <laughs> it was like yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, like it was like a one sauce. It was crazy. It's better than a one sauce. It's better than a one. A one sauce sucks. Actually, I don't really quite like a one yeah. sauce. <laughs> I do like a one sauce with my um, potatoes though. Uh, I can say that. Yeah. I don't like it on steak. I like it okay. on potatoes for some yeah. reason. That sounds good. Yeah, I like um, peppercorn sauce on my steak. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, um, to So I hope you guys can tune in to that because it'll be yeah. a f- really fun collaboration. It was my first time doing a podcast. So I know it's going to be, I'm going to be learning a lot from Anthony because he's been doing this a long time. It'll be easy. It'll be good. It'll be really good. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Um, so I hope you guys can tune into that. And then listening with the track because I think you'll get sort of like understanding where the tracks came from because again like everybody's like album uh either way it's going back to my roots yeah <laughs> it's a lot of my my learning experience and the type of people i met that's why the album is mm-hmm. called friends i just met because it's a it's paint tribute to amazing artists that i was able to work with mm-hmm. either do the connection to silk road or do the global musician workshop which i attended uh, many years ago and yeah. work with um, a lot of amazing musicians including yo-yo um i i it's just been an incredible journey to be able to become a musician yeah and it's everything uh i kind of dream of sorry i just sound totally like a valley girl um but it's it's, it's uh, fine go for it be yeah. a valley girl it's everything i dream of uh, yeah. <laughs> but it really it, of, uh, yeah. i don't know about you but i enter i do music because of people yeah because uh, uh so long story short i grew up in a storefront and there's so many skills i was given because of that mm-hmm. um a one thing is um being comfortable on stage Sure. Second thing, being comfortable around strangers because there's always strangers coming. Right, my, right. my mom has this little tailoring shop and that's our living room. Mm-hmm. And then our living room was like just covered with mountains of like large cloth and then just like yards after mm-hmm. yards. And she's like making customized like dresses for a woman with the latest fashion. She's she's like learning how to copy and that's awesome. steal and then do all cool. that stuff. Um, and I and then that's what I came to learn she instilled me this love of like not being afraid was around older folks uh-huh. and then um even older aunties and stuff like that and learning how to be gregarious learning how to be mm. um, learn how to connect with people yeah and reaching out to ask for a solution because these women right it's very magical they um they will have like really serious problem like domestic abuses and everything, yeah. and then and then this is like you know there there isn't sort of like a hotline there. There probably was, but what they do is like these women come together and help each other out. They would go to gathering places like my mom's stores and stuff like that to talk out this uh-huh. problem, and then asking my mom for a solution. I mean, you know, my mom she's she's magical, but she yeah. definitely is not trained as a therapist, but. Uh, <laughs> Right. Having someone to talk to, having this yeah, it's important, it's right? Important. Having this mm-hmm. sort of like social spaces between woman to woman, and I was able to observe that from yeah. the outside, um, and that to me is what music does actively mm-hmm. is to create spaces either mentally, uh-huh. either you're listening to your iPod, which you create your own mental space, yeah, and and in an interior. Or do learning a particular music, yeah. which helps you to reshape your identity. So many part about it, I was able to living and practice by doing this album release party. Wow. Okay. Right. So yeah. so sorry. Really able to embody um, the sharing of music with amazing people, mm-hmm. playing on stage with yeah. fantastic musicians, and sharing with my friends and family. Yeah. And hopefully new fans. Um, yeah. Do that. So. I think, yeah. That's that sounds cool. awesome. That's great, man. That sounds really good. 
Um, so aside from that, um, we don't have a lot of time, but I do want to touch one thing that yes. both of us have been kind of worried about. Um, there is a new uh, rule oh, that's right, coming out right. in those in in California regarding um, putting musicians on payroll for. Right. So not allowing. Musicians to be independent contractors, but having to be hired on as as a employees. Uh, employees, yeah, as part-time employees. So right. it'll be a W nine, yeah. So it's no longer going to be a ten ninety nine. Yeah. Um. There's so many things still being developed by it. There's an amazing article that's been circulating online. Yeah. If you guys haven't read it, make sure you just text one of your friend. I'm sure you. I'll link it. it. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have it in the description. And it's. It's really, it's really bothersome. I, I am quite worried about it. Yeah, I, so I understand at least to a point the, the idea behind it because mm-hmm. as independent contractors, things can happen like you can hurt yourself on the job and you don't have any protections. Yeah. There's no overtime. There's no benefits. But at the same time, it is difficult enough to get work yeah. And so if it's a situation where people have to be hired as employees and they have to have, so therefore the employer will have to pay taxes on them mm-hmm. and there's then all these other regulations, I think the concern is that it will be that much harder for musicians to get work. Exactly. And it really is very hard for musicians to, like enough jobs for musicians to fill out. And one of the best thing about being an independent contractor is that you can sub in rather quickly and that mm-hmm. allows the, the money to diffuse rather quickly. Again, I'm yeah. not an economic major. I am not economist at all. Economist right. at all. Um, but I, so for example, if I had to sub out, somebody needs to take my spot yeah. because it's just a contracting job. It could come in right away. Right. There wouldn't be onboarding a whole new system and then making sure there's a payroll system in place, yeah. which costs a lot of money. A lot of these independent, uh, these contractor job, they don't have the funds to run and operate a payroll system. Yeah. It costs money to run them. Yeah. So um, I, I understand the spirit of the rule, but the problem is there's so many other sectors that are written out of this rule already, yeah. including a lot of Medicare, um, a lot of law offices, oh, they really? still can keep having independent contractor. Right. However, who's written into it? Truck drivers. So owner operating truck drivers in, in um, is going to be in trouble. There, there's a currently a right. pending lawsuit that's going to set in place in January. Yeah, what will this do with like Uber and DoorDash and things like yeah, that? Yeah, that's where it came from, right? Originally, it's like to ring hammer down upon these. Um, um, what do you call them? They're called like market disturbance, like oh, oh yeah, like disruption, that. disruption, economy, economy, economy right? Yeah, yeah. So this is an aim at the disruption economy. I think the the problem is the types of people who are doing these kinds of work are the kinds of people who need readily available work. Yes, it. I don't know. It's 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 this whole thing. Actually, I listened to a podcast recently where they were talking about an argument with servers mm-hmm. and this this isn't true in california because in california servers have to make minimum wage yeah but in a lot of states servers have a separate minimum wage that's like two dollars and fifty cents way lower but so like in new york there's an argument where servers don't want uh, to have to go to the national minimum wage yeah because then they'll end up making less mm-hmm. because right now they're averaging closer to 15 to 20 dollars an hour with tips mm-hmm. and companies don't want to have to pay them away. So sort of at the moment, everybody's making more money, Yeah. but it is a system where fairness isn't enforced. That's right. And so somebody can, it's possible to lose big. It's, it's also sort of like come to think about it, uh, the word I keep popping in my head is uh, intended consequence. Right. Right, so like the spirit of the law is very uh, is in good, happy spirit. Sure. But however, the intended consequence is that they never listen to the people who are actually in the in the market. Right. We don't actually want this law. We... Right. It's this thing where is it better for people to have better outcomes or for things to be perfectly fair? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. 
There, there is no exactly answer to that. However,、uh, I the only thing I want to kind of leave out, at least I think、yeah. both of us are in agreement, is that we want people to be aware of this. Is that、yeah. next year there's a huge change coming to the、um, the music industry. Now, whether you decide to join a union or how you want to how you want to handle this. Change is that you want to, you have to be informed. That that's one thing about musicians. Like we like to think ourselves as apolitical and able to <laughs> to just make it by, you know, get by and just do our own thing, being left alone.、Um, we don't live in a bubble, unfortunately.、Right. We you have to be very aware of what's going on. They keep saying that oh, oh, it's this new music, right? That article I sent you last last night. Oh, all、like, oh, these possibilities. Like, well, I I don't know. I feel like this is a. It's speed bump on that possibility,、yeah. man. Like it's not cool. I don't, I don't, I don't really understand where that's coming from. Yeah, you know. So,、uh, we want, you, I want to invite you all to make sure you, link yeah, I'll link the, the, article. the article and then find out about yourself and understand what it's about and talk to a lawyer or talk to your agent if you happen to have one and then figure、yeah. out if they will continue to do your payrolls and. Yeah, I would also recommend trying to read the article yourself. I、yes. think there's a big thing where news sources report on articles、mm-hmm. in weird ways. Yes, and I think if if you can manage to work your way through an actual piece of legal literature,、mm-hmm. it's usually the best way to get an idea. Yeah, of what it actually says. Exactly, and if you feel very strongly like I do, I have written to my to our representative.、Mm-hmm. To talk、nice. to them about like not having that happen, yeah.、Um, just because as a as a Japanese traditional instrument、yeah. musician, there's not really Odami's job to begin with. Right, exactly. Be so you need to be a, a contractor. Yeah. You need to you need to be make your own jobs. Yeah. Your your own business. You can't rely on being hired. Exactly.、Yeah. And let's just、uh, just be colleague honest truth. Like what this might do is that this might become a cash business. If they do decide to do it this way, right, it's going to become a cash business. It's going to be an underwriting business, right. So、um, I think they're totally shooting themselves on the foot. Yeah, yeah, very unfortunate. Yeah, probably yeah. bureaucracy, man. Bureaucracy, man. <laughs> bureaucracy. Yeah. Bureaucracy. Cool. Well, to end on a happy note,、um, I want to wish and want to invite you to wish Anthony on a quick.、Um, Recovery on his hand. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Yeah, 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 I hope he get to play again and share it、um, so that we can play more duets、yeah. together. And then、um, I want to invite you all in the New Year's 2020. Oh my God, it's been ten years after、yeah. 2010, right?、Um, to listen to our new podcast series on、uh, flying on the red eye to yeah, Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll make sure to promote it once it's out. And, yeah, yeah, and I'll promote all your. Your your CD and merch and everything. Working title,、yeah. but before we completely sign out, what are you working on currently, Anthony?、Uh, PhD applications. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all, folks. There's yeah, a whole other conversation about that that I don't want to yeah, get yeah, into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. All right, all right, cool. Well, thanks, thanks for listening. Thank you very much for listening. Shiwei Carrasco Wu. Shiwei Carrasco Wu. Red Eye to Tokyo. Yeah, check it out. Check us out in、cool. January. It'll be available on all streaming platform, and hopefully Spotify will put, pick it up and put it on one of its infamous playlist. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. Cool.、Okay. Thanks everybody. Bye. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Remember to hit that like button, leave a comment if you have any thoughts, and subscribe to my various channels linked below. Remember to check out Red Eye to Tokyo. You can order their album. You can order T-shirts. You can order stickers through their GoFundMe. And if you like my content generally, please consider visiting my Patreon page. All right, see you next time.